Welcome back to another exciting episode of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host Chappie, and let's get into it. So in today's episode, we're going to explore dating app horrors. Now, I know from doing research, just typing in dating app horrors, you'll find a show on Hulu, I believe. But this is not quite what we're talking about. I want to go into some stories that have been collected for us in articles and see what's happened, what has gone down using dating apps. Dating apps, you know, are fairly new to society itself, but not quite so new anymore. I remember back in the day whenever my friends would suggest me go on Match or eHarmony or Plenty of Fish. And, you know, that was my first exposure to something like that. And of course, let's not forget Christian Mingle. (laughs) All right. So with that being said, Let's jump into the world that is Tinder, Bumble, Grinder, and everything in between and see what kind of horror stories that people have for us. All right, let's jump into the first article. All right, this article from BuzzFeed, our people are sharing their dating app horror stories and it's further proof why I swore off all dating apps by Fabini, Fabiana Buontempo. Being a 28-year-old single woman, I have my fair share of dating app horror stories. Remember that guy who stood me up on a FaceTime date and then lied about his dog dying? I cringe and roll my eyes just at the thought of that time in my life. Since it seems like dating app nightmares are increasingly common, I asked the BuzzFeed community to share theirs. Unfortunately, it seems that a lot of people have been scammed, lied to, or deceived by someone on a dating app. A lot of the responses are quite shocking, proving you have to be extra careful when meeting a stranger online. Here are some of them. Alright, number one. So I knew this guy was a bit older than me. I was around 21 at the time, but it was fine. We went with his dog around town and had an interesting chat about everything. It was really nice evening and all was good until he pointed and said, Ah, look, my wife is over there. Like, what? What wife? But instead of asking him or jumping into the nearest bush or whatever, I stood there as he crossed the street and said, Hi, nice to meet you. I've heard so much about you. I was so stunned that I did not know that he had a wife. So I ended up eating dinner with them until I came to my senses and awkwardly left. What the crap? Number two, I met a guy on Hinge. He was very interesting in meeting after light chatting for a few weeks, but didn't want to do so at a bar or restaurant. Instead, he wanted to meet in a park. I went, and he seemed fine, said he had just moved to the city and was crashing with his cousin. After our meeting, he continued to message me, call me pet names, say he knew we were meant to be, and convinced me to let him come over. 
Against my better judgment, I did, and was creeped out by how overly familiar he was acting. Acting like we were already dating. He also commented on my wine collection, saying we'll have to drink my nicest bottle on our anniversary. After a while of him trying to cuddle me, I politely asked him to leave. Afterwards, he sent me overtly sexual messages, and I asked him to stop contacting me, at which point he lashed out and called me names and commented that my on my weight. I blocked him. A couple weeks later, I logged into the app, and he came up as I was swiping, claiming my neighborhood was where he lived, even posting a pic of the view from my balcony. I reported everything to Hinge, and they were very quickly took care of it, as he violated the user agreement with the name calling. Alright, number three. I matched with a guy who I developed a deep emotional connection with, really quickly. We met and everything was amazing. The perfect guy for me. Suddenly, he asked me to move to Florida with him after only a week of talking. When I declined, he decided not to go because he wanted to see where things would go with us. Red flag number one. We moved on from that, and then a week later, he started calling me up drunk, saying I was too good for him and deserved better. When I pressured him for an answer on why he was feeling this way, he wouldn't admit why and kept dodging it. Ultimately, though, he finally admitted to me that he was selling heroin and had no way out. Talk about the shock of a lifetime. I cut off all contact and told him to never talk to me again. My daughter went on a date with a guy she met on Bumble. She said the date started off well until dessert, when he started talking about his ex. She said he went on from ranting and raving about what a horrible person she was to full-on crying about how much he missed her. When my daughter asked how long they'd been together, he said, three weeks. Then he immediately dried his tears and asked if they could at least sleep together for sympathy. Wow. Number five, I matched with this one guy on Tinder, and he seemed super sweet. According to his bio, he was an accountant in downtown New York. We talked for a week, and he asked me if I wanted to go out for dinner that Saturday. I said, sure, why not? We were going to a nice Italian place, but he was wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt when he picked me up. I just shrugged it off, even though it was a little strange. We get there, and as I'm heading for the front door, he tells me to come here. I was confused, so I followed him anyway. He tells me that dinner was served while pointing to a dumpster. To make matters worse, he took out an old takeout container of pasta and started eating it. I was so disgusted and shocked, but had no ride, so I said I had to use the bathroom. I told the restaurant about the guy and asked if they could call me an Uber. Worst date of my life. Wow. Number six. I met up with a guy on Tinder, and it seemed to be okay. He went back to his apartment for drinks, and he excused himself for a moment, then returning to the living room, naked. Full on, naked. I ran back to my car and met up with a friend at a bar. 
but I ended up meeting the guy I've been with for the past five years from running out of that apartment and meeting up with my friend. So it didn't end up all bad. Seven. This one was just weird. I went on a date with a guy from Match. We met at a wine bar. He immediately told me he had multiple other dates scheduled for that same day. He then claimed he could communicate with dolphins in a special language and proceeded to lecture me because I did not practice transcendental meditation. Needless to say, I chugged my glass of wine, paid the bartender, and got the heck out of there. Maybe he had better luck with one of his other dates that day. Number eight. I met a guy on Bumble and set a date to meet him on a Saturday. He proceeded to ask me to send him a photo without makeup. I stopped talking to him after more weird stuff like him telling me he is a nice guy. This was Wednesday. He texted me on Friday and I didn't reply. A few hours later, he found all of my social media, including my personal Facebook, and left me abusive messages for ghosting him, calling me the C-word, among other wonderful things. I blocked him and was genuinely scared and scarred. I saw him on Bumble a few years later and tried reporting him to no avail. I'm off dating apps now, and I am sure this guy is still on them, claiming he's a nice guy and abusing women. What a creep. Number nine. I matched with this man on Bumble. One night he wanted to meet up, and I couldn't because of work commitments. He initially brushed it off and we agreed on another time. Then that same night, he started messaging me again, offering me money, drugs, and designer purses to come over. I politely declined, and he started messaging me from a bunch of burner cell phone numbers. Think Google Voice, pretending to be a woman, saying how much I was missing out on by not hanging out with him, which I ignored. The next night I come home from being out with my friends to find the NYPD outside of my building because they got a report of a suspicious man scaling the fire escape. I explained that I lived in the building and I need to get to my dog who was in my apartment. Once they realized the apartment that the man was trying to break into was my apartment, I had officers escort me upstairs to get my dog and bring me to an animal friendly hotel. I had to stay there until I was able to speak with detectives. They arrested this man and charged him with aggravated stalking, aggravated harassment, and attempted breaking and entering. They also granted me a restraining order. I had to move as a result. 10. I matched with a guy on Tinder, and he said he didn't want a girlfriend at the moment. I was cool with it. We planned to have a lunch date to meet. He was supposed to be at work, wanted to skip, but needed a doctor's note. So he went to the dentist and stood me up. A couple days later, he apologized and explained to me that he didn't plan it well. I listened and gave him a second chance, but we made it to grab or we made plans to grab dinner. But he stood me up again with no explanation. A couple days later, he offered to buy me an Uber to go to his place. I obviously declined for safety reasons, and he, he had stood me up twice. I explained to him kindly I couldn't trust his word and won't go to his house. Fast forward three hours and he is not taking no for an answer. He is convincing me to come over to his place. When he finally figured out that wouldn't work, he started calling me profanities and insulting me. He bombarded my phone to the point where I couldn't use it. 
calling, texting, Facebook messaging me, sending me messages on Tinder. This lasted all night from 9 p.m. to 8 a.m. I turned my phone off so I could sleep. I then turned my phone on the next morning to find hundreds of messages just calling me names, voicemails of threats and name calling. The last text he sent was an apology for his outburst and how he really wants to see me. I blocked him on Facebook, blocked his phone number, and reported him on Tinder for abusive behavior. It was the most unhinged Tinder meet I have ever met. He was absolutely terrifying. After a month of talking on Tinder, we decided to meet in person at a local restaurant. I got to the restaurant early and messaged him where the table was. A man came and sat down and told me he was Steven. The nightmare was, I was catfished. Tinder profile pics showed Steven, a black man who likes hiking, went to BLM rallies, loved family, has a dog. The man who sat down across from me was a Caucasian man who looked nothing like Steven. He then told me his name really was Steven and that he was using his roommate's pictures. I ended the date right then and there. Number 12. I had hung out with a guy a couple of times I met on an app. He was really quite nice, but I noticed he drank a lot. We had watched a movie at my home, and I offered him to stay because he had been drinking. I woke up to him standing in the dark in my bathroom with the door open. I decided to ignore it and go back to sleep. I woke up in the morning to him on his computer. I don't think he had slept. I went to my kitchen. He had finished my entire liquor cabinet and cooked around $80 worth of food. Oh my gosh. Presumptuous. I said, Okay, so you have a problem. Would you like to go home or the hospital? He agreed to go home. But it turns out he was living in a homeless shelter. I felt very bad for him. But it also shows you never know who someone is online. Number 13. When I was 25, I met this guy on Tinder. For the first couple of weeks of dating, we only spent time at my house or going out. Never his. When I questioned why we couldn't go back to his place, he said he'd been living with a friend because his new place was still being renovated. I thought that was kind of suspect, but he was super hot, communicative, and, young, and kind, and I was young, so I overlooked it. The more we got to know each other, the more he started staying over at my, staying over at my place, and within two months, he was basically living with me. One night, while he was at work, an email notification popped up on his laptop. Upon further inspection, I realized he has a profile on a sugar baby website, which he'd been sending messages from as recently as the day before. I was shocked. I broke up with him and kicked him out, and it ended up badly, and I never got my key back. Two months later, he reached out while I was out of town visiting family, apologized for everything, and asked for a second chance. We discussed getting together to talk when I returned at the end of the week. I ended up deciding to come back a day early. And the day I headed back, everything seemed fine until I told him about my change of plans. He immediately stopped responding. It seemed weird. I was upset, but shrugged it off. Figured I'd hear back by the end of the day. 
When I finally made it to my place, I walked in to find my trash overflowing, the sink full of dishes, my bed had clearly been slept in, and there were clothes that were not mine everywhere. Wow. <laughs> Presumptuous. I was obviously freaked out and went to my neighbors to see if they'd noticed anyone coming and going. They told me they'd talked to Tony as he was letting himself into my place almost a week prior. He told them he was watching my dog for me while I was out of town which was impossible because my dog had come with me. Turns out he'd seen I was out of town on social media and had been squatting in my apartment the entire week I'd been gone. He faked wanting to get back together only to find out when I'd be home. The next day I changed the locks, threw his stuff in the hallway, and texted him that I knew what he'd done and to come pick it up. He never came to get it and eventually the audacity to be pissed at me for removing his things from my apartment. We never spoke again. <laughs> the audacity. That's all I have to say. Number 14. I went out with a guy I met online. First date went really well. I really liked him. Second date, we went for drinks and the place was closing early. He offered to go back to his place and I made it clear nothing sexual was going to happen. He agreed. We get to his place. I went to the bathroom and come out. He has stripped down naked. I freak out, told him I was leaving, and then proceeded to go. He then proceeded to go off on me. He called me toxic, damaged, said I had issues, and was a bitch. I'm scarred for dating for a while now because of this. Fifteen. I was from another country and downloaded Tinder to meet new people. After a week, I met this Irish guy, and thought I'd be living my P.S. I love you dream. We stayed together for over a year. He ended up traveling to France, my home country, and his ex-fiancee to go to her sister's wedding. I was unaware. He came back after a week of a supposed break, total Ross vibes, as if nothing happened. I learned he went away from a co-worker of mine that was friends with his ex. I confronted him. He denied it at first and ended up admitting, adding that they had to spend the night in a hotel as they missed the flight back to Ireland, but nothing had happened. I ended the relationship with an STD, and he is now engaged to his ex-best friend, ex's best friend. Wow. 16. I matched with a guy who seemed really sweet and chill at first, but then immediately, like, took a sharp turn towards intimacy. He had been talking about our days, and he suddenly started mentioning wanting to come over. He wanted to know where I lived. He said no distance was too great for him to cross. Seeing that we were in a global pandemic, I declined. Then he started begging to see my feet, Talk about how, talking about how pretty they had to be and going into detail about rubbing and worshiping them. 17. I'm a female, and I matched with a guy on Tinder last year. His profile wasn't verified. He was in the military, didn't have an iPhone, liked to talk over Google Chat, all the red flags. His pics seemed legit, and we video chatted, but the sound wasn't working. Yet, he was the dude in the pics. We talked for five days before he was getting deployed to Yemen and couldn't access his money. 
and he was falling in love with me. I cut it off hard and fast and didn't think anything of it after. Fast forward nine months and I get some weird texts from weird numbers. One being a sugar daddy who found my number and shot his shot. I thought these were just random unrelated mishaps. A month ago, I got a Snapchat request. I asked, who is this? It's the military Yemen guy. I block him on Snap. I get an iMessage from an email address. Yemen guy again. At this point, I've gotten back on Bumble after nixing dating apps since Yemen guy. And match with a cute guy. Unverified profile. No iPhone. Ghost after a day of texting. When he did text me, he couldn't remember the name he gave me after I asked. I went back and looked at the phone number I texted when I first met Yemen. Guess who it was? The Yemen guy. 18. I met a guy on Tinder who said he lived in a nearby posh town. The night before we agreed to meet for coffee, he admitted he was actually in the open-air prison in town. He said it was for fighting. I didn't cancel because I thought, what harm could one coffee do? A date was okay. He showed me his scars where he had been stabbed whilst in prison. He didn't arrange a second date. Or we didn't arrange a second date. But he messaged me afterwards from a different number. And WhatsApp showed his full name. I googled him and it turns out he's been in prison for murdering two people when he was 17. He's 35 now and out on a one day release. Wow. 19. I met a guy, or I matched with a guy who seemed okay, and when I read his profile, there was nothing that stuck out as a red flag. However, his first message to me was, I can tell a woman's bra size just by looking at a photo. Then, he said what my bra size was. He was completely wrong, and I blocked him. Wow. 20. I went on a date with a guy who seemed okay during drinks. I smoke. Yuck, I know. And he gave me a hard time about it. When we got in his car, he proceeded to bring out a crack pipe and then offered it to me. Yeah, I ended up getting a cab home and blocking him. Wow. 21. A guy I met on Tinder met me in the pit of panic at the disco concert at firefly in 2018 even before meeting him there were a few red flags that i painted over at firefly he wanted to meet me right away asking if i had been drinking or smoking and kept saying please just wait here i will meet you eventually he found me while i was with three of my friends it was the first night of the festival i was a few drinks and joints in and was pleasantly surprised when i saw him he was much cuter than his profile picture. Right away, he opened his fanny pack that had dozens of joints. He lit up a few, and I accepted one, ditching my only smoke your own drugs rule for the weekend. No more than five minutes later did I fill off. After that, I just felt his hand resting on my hip, and every minute he said, We should go somewhere else. We should leave your friends. I felt too stimulated to even respond because suddenly the lights from the concert were becoming unbearable. One of my friends who was with me, the older guy friend of mine, could feel something was off. I remember him taking me away from the Tinder guy and him still grabbing onto my arm asking where I was going. 
I laid on my back in a field and my friend with my friend for hours until I felt better. The next morning, I woke up to a disgusting video from Tinder Guy of him and another woman on some other campsite in the festival. It had been close to three years since this happened, and sadly, before this took place, I had already dealt with a discouraging assault trial. Discouraging assault trial. So I felt pressing charges on the guy was pointless. I wish I'd listened to my instincts better that night. While I was standing and smoking next to him, I could already feel off, and I didn't feel the power or will to remove myself from the situation. This experience has left me being very cautious and paranoid almost every day because I keep thinking this will happen again to me and could result in a far worse outcome. 22. I was fresh out of a pretty crappy three-year on-and-off relationship with someone who had been cheating on me. I decided to try to meet someone on OkCupid because it's the 21st century, and I wanted to do some casual dating. The first guy I met was some cute scientist who was a lot of fun, so we went on a couple of dates and hooked up. Fast forward about three weeks, and he asked me to go to a really nice restaurant for dinner, which I agreed to. Then he told me his parents would be there. That was the first red flag. On our way to the restaurant, he told me he wanted to lie to them and say we were dating for a few months because it was weird I was meeting them so soon. Red flag number two. Dinner didn't go too bad, but his family was all college educated, which I am not. But my job at the time was pretty impressive. So that's all he and my family, or he and his family wanted to talk about. I was grilled about the nonprofit I managed to the point that I couldn't even enjoy my $80 entree. At the end of the night, his parents loudly gave me their approval to be with this man that I literally just met online. That was our final date, and I did not use the app again. He since tried to slide into my DMs on LinkedIn. Wow. <laughs> Don't date on LinkedIn. 23. I met up with this guy at a coffee shop near my place. We seemed to be hitting it off, so I invited him over to watch a movie. While we were cuddling and making out, he kept getting more awkward, so I didn't feel like things would go much further. After that date, he sent me a text that he said he really enjoyed our time together, but word for word in order, he said, To move forward, I'm going to need to see a medical record proving you don't have any STDs or anything. I blatantly told him I had no interest in hooking up with him, nor did I need to prove myself of being clear from any STDs. It was definitely a first and last to be asked something like that in that way. 24. I am someone who tends to have too much empathy. I love taking care of people in my life, but when I met this one guy through a dating app, he tested the limit of my giving nature. We started talking and he told me he lived with his sister and worked out at a sporting goods store. Once we finally decided to meet, he asked me to pick him up at his sister's apartment. Um, okay. I picked him up and only then did I realize that he revealed to me that he was legally blind and needed people to take him places. It felt like he tricked me into taking him out someplace, so he didn't have to stay in his sister's apartment. 
Then he started telling me about problems he had with co-workers and that his sister was a stripper and spent a lot of time dancing out of state. So he had a lot of alone time in her apartment and had to beg people to take him places. He clearly hadn't yet set up a well-rounded system to navigate his own life. He was just winging it based on other people's whims and schedules. <laughs> she still went on the date with him. The date just kept getting worse and worse with him, deciding where we should go and what we should do while I drove us everywhere. I couldn't wait to drop him off and end all of this weirdness. First and last date. I can understand him not leading with the fact that he's legally blind out of a fear that I wouldn't want to date him, but it's so important to be honest. And even as a caretaker type of person, I would like to have a chance to decompress and have someone take care of me at times. Since this guy didn't have his life figured out yet, it was obvious that he would expect a lot from me. He already did expect a lot from me and had me drive him to his work during our date to take care of an issue while I waited in my car. It was not a fun date. I endured a lot of complaining and he never once considered what I wanted. I was definitely the wrong person for him. All right. First off, guys, your audacity. <laughs> is shocking <laughs> oh my goodness I know personally I met somebody on hinge one time and went to their house to watch a movie and whenever things were getting heavy he told me that Lucifer was watching us and I was like who and he goes you know the devil and I was like I'm sorry, I have to leave right now. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> that was probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me off of the app. But I digress. Let's jump back into the stories. Number 25. I was in my early 20s at the time, matched with a guy on Plenty of Fish. He seemed cute and interesting, so I agreed to meet up for coffee in his town about a half hour away. The date was rom-com level fantastic. He was fun, witty, engaging, and made friends with strangers at table near us. Spotted someone outside playing with a dog and excitedly insisted that we go meet the dog. Just over the top cute. We were having so much fun that coffee turned into a walk around town, which turned into cloud gazing in a cemetery, which turned into playing piano and guitar duets at his house. And the next thing I knew, we were making falafel and kissing in his sauna. He told me I should come to his party the following weekend, and we went to see a movie. Best eight-hour first date ever, until the movie ended, and he told me very enthusiastically that he had a girlfriend already, but I was an amazing female friend he would had been looking for. I said, yeah, totally. Went home and never messaged him again. 26. I'm a lesbian for context. Once on Bumble, I agreed to be someone's valentine because they seemed quite interested in me. Fast forward a few days, and I hit it off with a girl I really liked from Tinder. We get through about a week in talking phase, when I realized that the person from Bumble was her ex. 27. So it starts out with him picking the restaurant in time for dinner. I look it up, and it was a cute wine bar, so I was fine with it. I got there like 10 minutes late, because I didn't want to be the first one there. But I was. So I got a table. The place was really small and the owner talks to everyone. 
I waited for like 45 more minutes for this guy to show up to a date that he planned. The owner had given me two glasses of wine for free for obvious reasons. I was about to leave thinking, this is embarrassing. When I saw him walk through the door, he came over and was super apologetic. So I sat back down against my better judgment. So our waitress brings out menus and I hear him make a weird noise. So I ask if he's okay. And he said, this place is pretty expensive. Again, he picked it. <laughs> so even though I'm super hungry, I said, okay, maybe we can just get some appetizers or something to share. He agrees. He decides on calamari. I tell him I have celiac disease and won't be able to eat it. But if that's what he wants to go for it, I ordered cauliflower bites and more wine. As our food is being prepared, he asks me if I know anything about philosophy, and I tell him I studied it a bit in college. And he said, I pose a philosophical question. If it wasn't taboo, would you have sex with one of your brothers? Now, I'm four glasses of wine deep. So I ask him to repeat the question. So he does. And I start laughing and say, no. And he asks, but are you thinking in the traditional manner because society tells you it's wrong? I'm so uncomfortable at this point. I say, I feel like there are so many reasons to not have sex with siblings beyond societal expectations. Like genetically, your kids would be messed up. It's just not like a good look in general. And I don't find my brothers attractive because they're my brothers. Do you want to have sex with your sister? And I swear to God, this grown ass man said, my sister is really good looking and genetically our kids would wouldn't have that many issues. I've looked into it. Number 10. X date sends 1,100 strangers to him for sex or drugs. Revenge pursuits generally lead to unpleasant situations for everyone involved. Matthew Herrick experienced an incredibly unique revenge plot from an ex-boyfriend he met on Grindr. Over five months, Herrick had 1,100 men show up at his Manhattan home and workplace expecting sex or drugs. Herrick's ex had created a fake Grindr account starting in October 2016 with Herrick's photos and personal details. He also added lies like Herrick is HIV positive and enjoys rape fantasy and roleplay. These lies explain to suitors why Herrick might appear resistant when they show up for sex. The strangers wouldn't take no for an answer, and even followed Herrick into the bathroom at work. In April 2017, Herrick sued Grinder for allowing the incident to occur. His, question, his lawyers questioned Grinder's legal and ethical responsibilities when users abused the platform, especially since there were over 100 reports on Grinder's app flagging the fake profiles. Number 9. Her date loved himself a bit too much. A Reddit user shared a disturbing account online of her experience with a man she met on OkCupid. Although she thought he was cute, there were red flags all throughout the dinner conversation. They went to the movies, and during the trailers, he began to masturbate. She explains, he just unzipped his pants and started going at it, and I sat next to him, horrified. He justified his actions by saying every normal person jerks off in a movie theater. Um, okay, next. He tried to have sex with her, which she declined. She moved across to the other side of the theater to watch the movie in peace. At least she enjoyed the movie. Some people can't take revenge.
objection very well. And Trent John Samuels, age 27, was one of them. Samuels watched matched with women on Tinder. They exchanged messages for a few weeks before she deleted him for her Snapchat account in December 2019. Apparently, she t- he turned her off by a photo he sent her of him defecating on a toilet with the caption, Poo Time. Unfortunately, during those weeks of conversation, she sent photos of herself in an intimate video where she had no underwear and touched herself. Samuels used a screenshot of the video to threaten her on Instagram, saying she should be careful and check his Instagram story. She went straight to the police, assuming he had already made the content public. With the threatening messages as evidence against him in court, Samuels pleaded guilty to revenge porn charges. This charge can carry up to three years in jail in Queensland, Australia. However, Samuels ended up with $2,500 in fines and was court-ordered to pay the victim $1,000 for compensation. Number seven, men posing as women to rob their dates. According to eHarmony, 20% of women have used older photos from when they looked younger, and 40% of men lied about their jobs on their dating profiles. However, in 2020, some Maryland dating app users faced people lying about their gender and their intentions. Men were posing as women on dating apps only to show up and rob their date. The police indicated that the robbers would physically assault the victims before taking their wallets, car keys, and cell phones. In February 2020, Greenbelt police urged people to refrain from meeting strangers through dating apps. Other men in different U.S. cities have also used this scheme for robbery. In Detroit in 2020, police were seeking a serial robber posing as a woman on the dating apps before forcing them to withdraw money from their ATM for him. Another group of three men and one woman was used this impersonation scheme in Chicago. Maybe it's a sign to stay home, or at least do a background check on potential dates first. Number six, he was robbed at gunpoint by his date and two men. Sometimes even a background check may not be helpful against people conning to rob you on a date, especially if your date is 31-year-old Shalina Lopez, an unidentified Californian man met Lopez on a dating app. They set up their first date at Eagle Mountain Casino in Porterville. At the casino, the daters met with Lopez's relative, Mario Garcia. They also ran into her friend, Cesar Cameron Domingo Jr., At the end of the night, the Californian man drove Lopez, Garcia, and Domingo home. In the car, Garcia shot a revolver twice and held the man at gunpoint. The trio told him to drive to an ATM to withdraw money and hand them his valuables. He called the Tulare County Police Department immediately after he dropped them off. Police were able to recover $400 of stolen property. Number five, she went on a date with a serial rapist. Sexual assault is sadly a genuine threat women face when they are dating, and nothing proves this point more than Georgia native Zach Anderson. Kelly Neagle met Anderson on OkCupid. She recalls him being good-looking man who shared the same hobbies and interests as her. After a week of exchanging messages, they decided to meet at a grill and pub. He just seemed like normal, charming guy, Neagle said. It wasn't until they got into his car in the parking lot after drinks that a switch went off. He began aggressive, grabbed her thigh hard, and pulled her pants down. Before pulling the lever on the passenger seat, he proceeded to sexually assault her. 
Neagle contacted OkCupid to warn them they had a rapist on their site. However, the site said they couldn't find his profile. It turned out that Anderson had multiple OkCupid profiles, and his real name was Devin Richard Hartman. Hartman was married, father of three, and a serial rapist. It was around two years later that Neagle got the opportunity to help put him away. In June of 2014, Hartman had drugged and raped another woman, 20-year-old Jillian, after a date in Midtown Atlanta. Jillian woke up at her apartment doorstep with no keys, no underwear, body aches, and blood around her private parts. Jillian went to the hospital and told police her story. Investigations found that Jillian appeared disoriented after grabbing drinks with Hartman. Police later saw her on camera coming out of his car an hour later before a security guard helped her home in a taxi. In late 2015, the courts convicted Hartman of rape and aggravated sodomy for his assault on Jillian. Three other women, including Neagle, testified at his trial. The Superior Court Judge Constance Russell called Hartman a predator and sentenced him to two consecutive life sentences. Jillian recalls, I was on a date with a monster, and I had no idea. Number four, she was murdered during the second date. In November 2017, Tinder matched 24-year-old Sydney Loof from Lincoln, Nebraska with Bailey Boswell. After a great first date, they agreed to meet up again the next day. The last time anyone heard from Loof was on November 15th through a Snapchat photo with the caption, Ready for my date. She didn't show up for work the next day and was reported missing on November 16th. Investigators later found out that Boswell had also brought along her 51-year-old boyfriend, Aubrey Trail, for the second date. Luce's friend, who had a picture of Boswell, found her profile on Tinder and sent it to the police. However, Boswell and Trail were already on the run. Bizarrely, Boswell and Trail started posting social media videos about the situation two weeks after Loof went missing. They said they were innocent, felt bad for the family, and police were trying to crucify them. On December 4th, police found Loof's dismembered body in garbage bags thrown into a field. In June 2018, police charged Boswell and Trail with first-degree murder and the improper disposal of human remains. Before the second date, they had dismembered Loof using tools they bought at Home Depot. This story shows that even after a great first date, whores can still be waiting on the next one. Three, his date was paid to set up a robbery leading to his death. Sometimes an innocent bowling date can turn deadly, and this next story is pretty tragic. For 27-year-old Florida father, Adam Hillary, this was just the case. Hillary met 18-year-old Haley Bustos, through Plenty of Fish site and went on their first date in August 2016. After the date, Bustos wanted to see him again. However, she showed up with three men at Hillary's house. They robbed him of his TVs, Xbox, alcohol, jewelry, and iPhone before shooting him in the head. Hillary hadn't fought back and begged for his life, saying he had a five-year-old daughter. Police arrested Andre Warner, Gary Gray, and Joshua Ellington for conspiracy to commit robbery, robbery with a firearm, and first-degree murder. In 2020, a jury found Andre Warner guilty of killing Hillary execution style. During the investigations, police found that the men paid Bustos $50 to set up the robbery. 
Bustos claims she didn't know they would kill him. The moral of the story is don't bring a date home after the first meetup. Number two, she was attacked and hospitalized after break- breaking it off. After becoming a widow, Mary Kay Beckham didn't expect her life to be at risk when deciding to date again. Beckham was using Match.com dating site for two months when it matched her with Wade Ridley in September 2010. After 10 days of dating, Beckham or Beckman broke it off. However, Ridley had become angry and created a kill list. Three months later, Ridley found Beckman and stabbed her 10 times with a butcher knife until the knife broke. He then stomped her on the head and left assuming she was dead. A neighbor called in the attack and Beckman was hospitalized for months going through head surgeries. Ridley later met another woman, Anne Simonson, on Match.com and successfully killed her with a machete knife. Las Vegas police arrested Ridley for Simonson's murder and during interviews, Ridley confessed to his kill list. Police charged Ridley with the attempted murder and robbery, and a judge sentenced him to 28 to 70 years in prison. However, in May 2012, Ridley committed suicide. Although Beckman survived the attack, the incident still haunts her. Beckman said she would never use the dating app again, and sued Match.com for $10 million. Number one. He went on a date with a murderous cannibal. A London Metropolitan Police Officer, Gordon Semple, met 51-year-old Stefano Breezy on a dating app, Grinder. They decided to meet up at Breezy's apartment, where Breezy strangled Semple to death. Inspired by the show Breaking Bad, Breezy tried to dismember Semple's body in an acid-filled bath. Terrible. Although Breezy doesn't remember doing this, because he was high on crystal meth, Prosecutors explained he also tried to eat Semple's flesh. Double terrible. Police found Semple's body in the oven, in a tea strainer, and on chopsticks. There was also Brizzy's bite mark on the rib. Triple terrible. In 2016, the court sentenced Brizzy to life in prison. However, Brizzy hanged himself two months into his sentence. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, let's hop over to the tab.com and read their article, Catfish and Creeps, These Tender Horror Stories May Put You Off Dating for Life by Summer Goodkind. Tinder is never-ending game of hit and miss. Unfortunately, while you may hear of many successful stories, there are plenty of tender horror stories to say otherwise. In other words, some really weird stuff can go down on the app. It's the place where the creatures of the world really go to try their luck. We asked you for your worst tender stories, and they did not disappoint. From people lying about their identity, to some truly awful pickup lines, and even worse dates, they seem to put tender, tender swindler to shame. 
Here's some of the best or worst. He told me he'd set his teacher's foot on fire. Chloe told the tab that she went on a date with a guy from Tinder just before she came to uni. Her parents had just moved house to a new area that she didn't know at all. This guy picked me up from my parents' house and drove me to this really remote and empty pub on the outskirts of town that I'd never been to and had no cell service. I didn't really know where I was, but whatever. We were at this pub, and he just kept buying me drinks, even though he wasn't drinking. Because he was driving, of course. He then proceeded to tell me all about his anger issues and told me a story how he'd once set a teacher's foot on fire, and then the story about when he lost a game of golf, he threw all the golf clubs in a lake. After which, he proceeded to go through photos on his phone, showing me a collection of photos of him after fights, with black eyes. I had to agree to a second date just to get him to drive me home, because literally, I didn't know where I was or how to get back and had no signal. I went to meditate and just felt this wave of energy, telling me that the person I was talking to wasn't real. So I matched with this girl, checking her profile pics out, liked the look of her, and her bio was pretty sweet too, so I messaged her. We had good conversation, flirted, and I got a nice feeling from it. We were talking for a few weeks and became quite close. I opened up to her about some days when I was feeling like shit, and it just felt nice to connect to her and have someone who understood me. Every time I asked to meet up, she would always come up with some excuse. She wouldn't let me have her number, and she said she didn't have social media because she was taking a break from it. They uploaded a photo one day of a guy, and I said, oh, who's that? She kept ignoring me until she said she didn't mean to upload that, and it was a mistake. So anyway, from that, I was like, this is so odd. I went to meditate, and as I was meditating, I just felt this wave of energy telling me that the person I was talking to isn't real. So I ended up, I asked her if we could have a video call, and she kept saying no. It just wasn't adding up. Then, I took the photo and ran it via Google image search, and it came up with loads of pics of them. And I was like, what? I've been catfished by a guy. I even asked them about it, and they just denied it and blocked me. I felt so stupid and hurt afterwards. I had feelings for that person, and it was just such a horrible and nasty thing to do. Alright, this one says... The only thing he could say in English was, you are such an effing hoe. I love it. This one speaks for itself, really. This one says, I saw him on the tram with another lass. This guy stood me up, but then later on my way home, I saw him on the tram with another lass. All right, this one says, I was catfished by a guy who threw ice on my head. I was talking to this girl on Tinder for a few months, she was a model from South Africa who lived in London. I know this sounds like alarm bells, but we had some mutuals. Things progressed, and soon we were sending pics back and forth on WhatsApp. I sent a few nudes. Naturally, I started telling all my friends about her, how great and beautiful she was. We were literally chatting all day every day, yet every time we'd made fl plans, she'd always cancel last minute. Eventually, it transpired, we were both going to the same party. She asked me if I was going, and I was, and I waited for her, but she never turned up. Weirdly, though, when I was at the party, this random guy I'd never met before ran up to me, 
threw some ice in my face, and then scurried off. It was very strange, but I didn't see him for the rest of the night. And I'm not a fighter, so I let it go. At around 2 a.m. the same night, I got a message from her saying she wasn't coming to the party, and I should go and meet her at a hotel nearby, where she'd booked a room for the night. It has been paid for by the brand she was doing a modeling shoot for, she said. I literally ran over there, but when I got to the desk, she wouldn't pick up her phone. I tried about 10 times before asking reception if anyone was staying there, went under her name. They had no record of it. At this point, I gave up and went home, feeling suspicious for the first time that something wasn't right. I spoke to some mates about it, and they had a bad feeling. There was one place I hadn't been messaging her on, Instagram, where she had about 10k followers. So I messaged her on there about the night before to see if she'd explain. However, you guessed it, she had no idea who I was. Now I knew I had been catfished. I was angry and I was going to find out who it was. I knew it was someone within our extended friendship group as we had been invited to the same party. At least her catfish had. So I sent a message to the party's host to see whose number hers really belonged to. Lo and behold, it belonged to a guy, someone I had never met before. But when I searched his name on social media, I recognized his face. It was the random guy who threw ice on my head. I was naturally seething, and it had made worse by the fact that all my friends knew. They listened to me brag about this hotel model I was texting for months now. So I brewed with rage in the days following. I decided the only sensible thing to do was humiliate this guy back. Plus, I wanted answers. Pumped full of adrenaline on a Friday afternoon, I marched over to this guy's office. We'd found where he worked on LinkedIn, thanks to my friend's sleuthing. I calmly approached the building, a tech co-work space in East London, told the reception desk I had a meeting with this guy, and took myself up to his floor. Someone pointing me in his direction... When I got there, I confronted him in front of the entire office, being sure to hold up the pictures of the girl on my phone he was pretending to be. He didn't say anything for a really long time and just sat there red-faced. Eventually, he admitted he is actually friends with the model, and the reason he did it was because I once got with one of his female friends and messed her over, but refused to give any specifics. Then I left, and I have no idea how his colleagues reacted when I left whether it cost him his job all right this guy messages a girl and says hey are you into pedophilia and she says needless to say i didn't reply this one says he gave me serious murder vibes hannah told the tab about a time when she matched with a guy and asked her to spend the night together before they'd eventually meet he told her he wanted to drive me somewhere special all in all it gave me serious murder vibes and we didn't meet He's training to be a priest. My pal's brother catfished me on Grinder. None of his family knew he was gay, and he's training to be a priest. He won't stop eating my food. Amira went on a date with a guy from Tinder who basically invited himself over after they'd gone to dinner. I wasn't feeling it, but also hate rejecting someone. Anyway, once he was in, he asked if I had any snacks, so I got him some crisps. Then he asked if I had any other snacks or chocolate that he could munch on. This was date two. I barely knew the guy. And then he was like, oh, I saw a bottle of lemonade in the fridge. Can you grab that? Finally, I faked an emergency because he would not get the hint, and I'm too nervous to just kick someone out. 
He wanted to grab a can of Coke on the way out. Absolute liberties. Catfishing is probably one of the biggest things on dating apps. Let's go over to Illumably, where they have an article, Tender Horror Stories That Will Make You Want to Delete the App. Long ago, we said goodbye to meeting people organically, writing love letters, and the traditional way of dating. The digital era introduced new forms of meeting people, going on dates, and eventually getting you your happily ever after. If you're searching for a relationship or a casual fling, Tinder is definitely the place to look. However, these Tinder users got a little more than they bargained for. A true dating horror story. Prepare yourself for these excruciatingly embarrassing yet rather hilarious Tinder horror stories that will make you throw your phone out the window and possibly never use the app again. This girl met a guy on Tinder and after only three dates they decided to have a fun getaway together. He was well dressed, smart, and neat. However, looks can be deceiving. On the way to their vacation destination, the guy started crying, confessing he had spent 11 years in prison, and then asked if she wanted to meet his parents on the way there. If you think this is bad as it gets, you're wrong. She can continued dating the felon for two more months. Inappropriate dinner conversation. Some people really do have no social skills whatever, whatsoever. This girl went on a date with a guy she met on Tinder, and during dinner, he simply wouldn't shut up about his doctor's appointment he had the day before. Namely, he had to see the doctor because of massive stools he had been producing regularly because he was a vegetarian. He went on to say that he made tears in his tiny anus and that he had to put cream on it. Come on, some things simply need to be kept private. Bad manners. This Tinder user met a guy on the app and they really hit it off. They texted all the time and it really did seem like the real deal. After some time, they decided to meet in person at a bar. When he came, the first thing he said was, oh, I didn't know you were fat. Needless to say, the girl just turned around and left. What a jerk. From this Tinder girl, this was the worst date ever. First, her Tinder date texted her about the burrito place they were supposed to meet at. Said that he had already ordered a salad for her, like she was not capable of ordering food for herself. Then he wouldn't stop talking about his model ex-girlfriend and the passionate weekend they had <laughs> a week before. To top it all off, although she had said she hated smoking, her date literally asked a stranger for cigarettes and smoked a bunch of them right next to her. We're at Men's XP. Have you ever been catfished? Seven men reveal their online catfishing horror story by Sunania Mullock. We are all privy to the latest dating trends now that we are defining relationships a bit more strategically. And now, along with these trends, there is a rise in emerging class of internet predators who seek attention through fabricating information and scamming their way into an online romantic relationship. We're not kidding. And if you haven't been a target yet, you're really lucky. This trend is commonly known as catfishing, and it's what's been breaking hearts for a while now. Catfishers usually target the meek and vulnerable, and those who have gullible traits. There are various degrees of being catfished, and there isn't really a marker on how far an internet imposter will go to catfish you to have his or her fun. It could be light and breezy, white lie, or someone who promises you a future and completely disappears. Picture this. You're meeting this beautiful girl online, a dating site. 
You really hit it off and start chatting. Chatting turns to deciding to meet on a date. You guys go out, have a wonderful evening. She opens up to you about her family, her past, everything she wants in the future. You guys start to like each other, and you start spending a considerable amount of time together. Then you date, and things start to become serious. You talk about probable future. She's already talking about introducing you to her parents, and you can't wait. And one day, she disappears. No phone calls, no texts, no sign of her. You were left wondering what happened, and before you know it, you find out somehow she's already married. That's the classic, brutal way to catfish someone. Well, most cases are not so extreme. Sometimes fibbing online to get attention from the opposite sex is also catfishing. It may seem harmless, but it's posing as someone you really aren't. We took the liberty to ask a few men about their online dating experiences, and if they were ever catfished by someone, and the majority of men had actual experiences with catfishers. Number one, the already taken. I met someone on Tinder who was single. We hit it off and started chatting, and I really enjoyed our conversations, until I asked a common friend about her. She told me she was married. I was lucky to have found out right then and there. The I don't eat meat variety. This girl I met on Tinder was all about loving animals, and she said she was a complete dog person. She even had a selfie with a dog, who I assume was hers. When we eventually met, I figured she was actually scared of dogs. I have three dogs at home, and she refused to enter my house. So much for loving animals. She obviously lied. The I don't really exist girl. This girl I met on a dating site was pretty... And I kept thinking how lucky I am to swipe right on her. We had some real conversations, too. We would talk about our interests, and I kept thinking how is such a pretty girl still single. So I did some search to calm my brain down. So I Google searched her pictures, and it turns out there was a few more profiles with this girl's picture on it, which obviously meant she was using someone else's picture. I confronted her about the same, and she unmatched with me. We go over to your tango. Four Dating Horror Stories Everyone Who's Tried Tinder Can Relate To by Beth Fatal. He professed his love to me on the first date. Everything was going well, and I could feel myself thinking this date was surprisingly good. He had dressed up and bought my coffee. He told me I looked nice and even pulled out a chair for me when I was sitting down. I guess chivalry isn't dead. Good to know. We spent some time at Starbucks, and things were starting were going so well that I agreed to get lunch at a little Thai place nearby. The food was great, and the company was the same, and I was enjoying myself. What a perfect adventure. I was just getting to the last bites of my cashew chicken when he leaned forward, smiled at me, and said three little words. I love you. Of course, the three little words that came to my mind were, what the F? And that's what I said loudly, just as the waitress appeared to refill our waters. I'll tell you right now, refilling waters takes a lifetime when one person has confessed their love for you on your very first date, and then you reply with a bit less enthusiasm. Alright, I'll just hit some of the highlights. He tried to buy my car during a romantic date at Denny's. He didn't understand consent and refused to apologize. He tried to choke me. These are All right, so let's go over to Queerty, free of an agenda, except the gay one. Four Grinder Dating Horror Stories That'll Keep You Up at Night by the Editors. 
The unattached gay people of today know it best. Grinder is a place where anything can happen, from finding a nice, decent date to meeting up with strangers for a quickie. This dating app for gay people has everything you could want. But be warned, the Grinder memes littered all over Instagram, Twitter, and other social media networks have some truth to them. Users from all over the world have shared their dating horror stories for everyone to gasp and gawk at hopefully learn from. Here are some of the juiciest possible true grinder stories as told by the gay people of the internet. We've also dropped a few memes in there to keep things from getting too scary. Grinder story number one. Wouldn't it be strange if you disappeared tonight? Our first spine-chilling story features a young mortuary sciences student on a nighttime date with a seemingly nice man. He sent a pre-date photo to his grinder match, and everything seemed fine. After a relatively nice dinner and movie, the young student found himself at his date's place. They talked about life in general, but the conversation took a sharp left after Grinder Guy found out our student works with literal dead people. Here's how the heart-stopping conversation happened, according to the Reddit user. He proceeded to ask if I was ever scared to go on dates. I, of course, said no. But then he started asking pretty dark questions. What would happen if I died on this date? What would you do with my body? Would you hold me until the ambulance arrived? Can I use cement to bury a body? I pulled my pants up when he asked, Would it be strange if you just disappeared tonight? We don't blame him for ditching his grinder match as soon as he came to realize things were getting super weird. It'd probably be, be a while until we're back scrolling through the gay dating app, looking for another hookup, too. Grinder story number two, Edward Scissorhands. Hooking up with the strangers is the name of the game on Grinder, which is true for many adventurous gay guys. A standout Grinder story features Reddit user's friend where he recounts one of the most horrific things that happened to him while hanging with a date. His friend Larry met up with his grinder date, let's call him George, after swapping pictures of memes. And they had a pretty lovely night together over dinner and a good heart-to-heart -heart conversation. After learning that George had just split up with his ex-boyfriend, Larry found himself heating things up. They headed to George's apartment, and the clothes came straight off but then they heard a commotion coming from outside the apartment. Their night of play was interrupted when George's actual boyfriend, not ex, there's a colossal difference, walked in on them, wielding scissors with a murderous look in his eye. The ex jumped on George, basically going for the jugular, screaming the entire way. Finally, Larry found an exit and made a beeline for it, completely naked, he doesn't believe in sleeping with random guys from Grinder anymore. Grinder story number three. There was another pair of hands. If you've ever met a gay guy on a dating app like Grinder, you'll know that sometimes it can feel like slim pickings out there. This is especially true when every other gay man doesn't even have a decent photo posted. But for men like Steven, it's not his real name, finding world-class booty is easy until the person is attached to tries to lure you into dangerous situation. 
One cool summer night many years ago, Stephen matched with a cute, rural, hippie-type guy at around 3 a.m. while scrolling through Grindr. He was attractive, sent top-tier memes, and was down for a bit of no-strings-attached hooking up. There was one issue, though. The cute hippie lived out in an RV in a nondescript location, which Stephen now has come to realize was super sketchy. He even almost got lost on the way there. Stephen eventually found his way and drove a couple of miles out of the city to park near the RV's location. The vehicle itself seemed okay, and it matched the photos Mr. Cute Grinder Hippie sent. Stephen sent a message through his Grinder app, but the cute hippie refused to meet him outside the vehicle. Instead, he responded through the app, asking Stephen to come up to the door of the car. Naturally, Stephen was hesitant. With his flashlight app in hand, Stephen approached and finally got a good look at the other man. He looked exactly like the photo he posted on Grinder, except there were a pair of hands squeezing his neck from behind. Stephen finally wised up and took this as a sign to hightail it out of there. Were they a weird co couple looking for a third? Was the cute hippie in real trouble? Was he dead? We'll never know, but that's what makes this one of our favorite gay datings. Horror stories. Grinder story number four, the upstate grappler. Our next protagonist is Reddit user Thrustrations. Like every person who shared their story, he's a gay man on Grinder who uses it for meeting up with other men for play, content for memes, and other things. But even after using the app to meet with a couple of cute gay guys, nothing could have prepared him for his trip to upstate New York. He opened his grinder app on a frigid winter evening because he was, in truth, basically super horny, his words, and wanted to see what was out there. He received a message from a gay man living in upstate New York and headed out after a quick Google location search. He arrived around 9 p.m. to find his grinder match, let's call him David, smoking out by his porch. David was a little more tired looking than the photo posted on the app. But he wasn't picky, so he approached the house anyway. David basically left off his porch and let, led him over to the side of the house, which he took as a good sign. He was about to let things run their course until David made a heart-stopping demand for him to get in the basement. That's when he came to realize this seemingly innocuous grinder meetup was getting too real too fast. He asked David why the basement, and discovered it was because his wife and kids were upstairs. Before he could make a real attempt at running away, David's hands clasped onto his arms. He pulled him hard down the steps, but he wasn't going without a fight. He kicked and screamed the entire way, somehow managing to land a solid kick to David's shin. This caught David off guard, and he released his grip. Heart pumping, he made a break for it. He dashed into his car, fleeing from his grinder meetup, and vowing never to do it again, or at least with the gay men of upstate New York. Wow. Hooking up and meeting people on Grindr is supposed to be fun, but so many things can go completely sideways in the process. You can get catfished, fooled, or even robbed if you're not careful, and that's why it's so important to stay vigilant and listen to your gut. Continuing the grinder thread, we go over to Ranker. 
where they have a article called Terrifying Grinder Horror Stories by Jacob Shelton. The proliferation of a phone-based dating app has not only completely changed the way we date, but it's changed the way that murderers and rapists find victims. As much as everyone would like to believe that dating app murder is just something that people talk about to keep others from hooking up with strangers, it's very real and happens every day. Read on to see more terrifying grinder horror stories. Over the span of three months, Stephen Port, a grinder serial killer, murdered four victims after meeting them on the gay dating app. And as much as people want to believe that was an isolated incident, it's barely the tip of the iceberg. Grinder crimes are some of the most horrific acts that have been committed in recent history, not only because of the trust that's betrayed between closeted men, but also because the young age of some of the victims. It says something about the world we live in when the general populace is hardly surprised when they hear about crimes being committed via a gay dating app. Grinder murder has almost become a cliche in a few short years that the app has been available, and it's unfortunate that two people meeting on an app designed specifically for illicit meetups can't simply do what they wanted to do because the black cloud of grinder death is hanging over them. Grinder serial killer. Alright, these just have short explanations. Stephen Port from East London has been charged with murdering four different guys that he met on Grinder. His murder weapon of choice was a date rape drug, GHB. Colorado Springs man stabs his hookup to death. After meeting Sean Crescentini on Grinder, Fernando Rosales stabbed his partner for the night to death, alleging that Crescentini punched him in the face to performing oral sex on him. Gypsy boy slits a man's throat. After hooking up with a guy he met on Grinder, Shane Dunn, a self-described gypsy boy, slit the throat of the guy he was sleeping with and left him for dead while pretending to call an ambulance. Seattle man commits double murder. In 2014, Ali Muhammad Brown used Grinder to meet up with a couple of guys in Seattle and shot them to death at close range before stealing one of their cars. He was arrested and gave no motive for the men's deaths. Lawyer stabbed to death in Washington, D.C. A 30-year-old lawyer working in Washington, D.C. was found stabbed to death in downtown hotel hours after his wife reported him missing. Police suspect the lawyer met his death after using Grinder, but so far there have been no arrests. Homeless trio murders gay senior. After meeting 71-year-old David Marr on Grinder. And going on a few dates with him, Ricky Ranger and his two friends strangled the old man to death before stealing credit cards, cash, computer, and a gun. Deputy Attorney General rapes underage boy. Delaware Deputy Attorney General Daniel Simmons has been charged with four counts of fourth-degree rape after meeting a 16-year-old boy multiple times through Grinder. Investigators suspected there might have been more victims, though none have yet come forward. Closeted pastor use, uses Grinder to tell 17-year-old to kill himself. Matthew McKella, an outed anti-gay pastor who was using Grinder to solicit sex for men, was in even more hot water after reports of specific comments he made to a teen surfaced. McKella allegedly told a gay 17-year-old that he might as well kill himself since he was already going to hell. The boy fortunately did not take McKellar's advice and spoke out in the press along with his mother. 
Idaho man raped 13-year-old boy after meeting him on Grinder. Craig H. Lee, a 47-year-old man from Idaho, met a 13-year-old boy on Grinder and sent him sexual photos before later meeting up and having sex with him. The police report states that the boy informed Lee he was a minor, and then they engaged in sexual acts in the back of Lee's business. The boy reported that he had asked Lee to stop, but Lee continued. Philadelphia man sexually assaults and robs man he met on Grinder. In 2014, Douglas Spady met a man on Grinder, went to his hotel room, and sexually assaulted him at gunpoint before robbing him of more than $3,000. The man who was assaulted said, The whole thing was just a giant blur. I was scared, and I was thinking if I just do what he says, then he'll go away. Right, man robs grinder prostitute. Sydney man lured victims with grinder. Arizona man used grinder to commit robbery. Maryland teacher arrested on prostitution charges. There's some crazy people. Wow, this guy forcibly tattoos runaways he meets on grinder. Officer stops a grinder assault in the park. We go back to list verse for. 10 more dating app murders. All right. Number 10, Indiana threesome turns deadly. On October 19, 2021, 36-year-old Heidi Carter met a woman through a dating app. She invited the woman and her boyfriend over to the house where she was staying for an evening of drinking, drugs, and a little more. After partying for a while, the three began engaging in some sexual activity, which was later interrupted by Carter's boyfriend, Carrie Hammond. He flew into a rage and began beating the couple with a baseball bat, tying up the man, Timothy Ivy, with duct tape and sexually assaulting the female. Heyman later strangled Ivy to death, with Carter now carrying Heyman's gun, helping to keep the woman subdued in another room. Hiding the man's body, Carter needed to clean up, so hired a woman to come in and help her clean. The cleaner found Ivy's blood and managed to flee the home and alert the police. When the police arrived, Hammond was shot and killed during an altercation, and Carter was arrested. The restrained woman was treated and will survive her injuries. Carter now faces a slew of charges, including murder, rape, felony criminal confinement, and abuse of a corpse. Number 9. A Confession in Utah At 3.19 a.m. on May 24, 2020, Ethan Hunsaker called Leighton police to report that he had himself killed a woman he met on Tinder. When police arrived, Ashlyn Black was lying limp on the floor with multiple stab wounds. Police attempted to revive her, but their efforts were in vain. She was pronounced dead on the scene. Hunsaker said the two had met up at a bar and they were back to his home to have sex. He woke up, saw Ashlyn sleeping next to him, and began choking her. Hunsaker then got a pocket knife and began stabbing the woman as she lay in his bedroom floor. She had stab wounds on her chest, side, and back. So far, Hunsaker has given no reason as to why he murdered the woman. He pled guilty and mentally ill in June 2021, and he is still awaiting sentencing. Number 8. May-December Murder in Florida Michael Harris was arrested on January 23, 2021 for the death of Bobby Scott. 63-year-old Scott was reported missing by his husband the next day after a meeting with 20-year-old Harris on January 17. The two met through a popular dating app. 
However, after a week of not hearing from Bobby and no financial activity on any of his accounts, things were looking bleak. Police eventually found Scott's car in Harris's position, possession, but Harris told the police that Scott had lent him the vehicle and he hadn't seen him since their date. Harris was arrested for murder even though Scott's body wasn't found until after the arrest. The medical examiner reported Scott died from blunt force trauma, likely a 2x4 piece of wood in a bottle. Harris is believed to be an internet predator, having met others through the dating app that he later robbed or assaulted. He has been charged with second-degree murder and is awaiting trial. Tagged in New Jersey. Between August and November 2016, four women connected with Khalil Wheeler Weaver on a dating app and arranged to meet. Three of the women were dead, and the fourth barely escaped. Wheeler Weaver used dating apps and social media app tagged to lure his victims. His crimes were horrendous and likely would have continued if not for the family of his third victim. The 20-year-old was a security guard and was noted on being clean-cut and well-dressed, but he harbored brutal tendencies. Robin West, his first victim, charred remains were found in an abandoned house, the cause of death undeterminable. His second victim, Joanne Brown, just disappeared in October. Her body was found in December, a victim of strangulation. Sarah Butler was his last victim. He agreed to meet Wheeler Weaver after sending him a message. You're not a serial killer, right? Before Sarah's murder, a fourth woman had met with Wheeler Weaver, but managed to escape. She told police about the encounter. In the meantime, Sarah's friends and family were determined to find out who killed Sarah. They found the messages Sarah had on tagged and set up a fake profile to set up a date with Wheeler Weaver. When he arrived at the designated place, the police were waiting to arrest him. Wheeler Weaver faced charges of murder, attempted murder, kidnapping, and arson. He was found guilty of 11 charges in December 2019 and sentenced to 160 years in prison in 2021. Number 6. A Tender Secret in Mexico 26-year-old Francia Ruth Ibarra was reported missing on December 3, 2016. It was discovered that Ruth was secretly dating Emmanuel Delaney Bocanegra, the pair had met on Tinder and had been dating for several months. He refused to meet Ruth's friends and family, and he became a person of interest when it was reported that he was last seen at his apartment in Lyon, Mexico. Upon investigation, police found a bag of human bones along with a caustic soda and hydrochloric acid. A DNA test confirmed that the remains were Ruth's. He had murdered her and dissolved her body in a vat of acid. When investigators asked why he murdered Ruth, he said it was because she refused to have sex with him. He was indifferent to the charges against him. Number five, Ohio death by grinder. In the spring of 2021, 19-year-old Talent Bradley met two men on the dating app Grinder. After being arrested, he admitted to meeting and stabbing 62-year-old Robert Goodrich in May 26th. Police connected him to a red Toyota that was seen on neighborhood cameras around Goodrich's house. The vehicle was later found at Bradley's home. A second man, 63-year-old Randy Goertz, was also Bradley's victim. When his family reported they were unable to locate him, the police went to his home and found a man deceased, also from multiple stab wounds. The police believe 
Gertz died the same day as Goodrich, and his body was not discovered until June 7th. Bradley faces charges of murder, aggregated murder, aggravated murder, and burglary. However, the charges were dropped in 2021 after Bradley committed suicide while in jail awaiting trial. Number four, a fantasy realized in the UK. After matching on the app Plenty of Fish, Carl Lango and Katie Locke on December 23rd, 2015, Langdell had spent the most recent two years in and out of psychiatric hospitals as he expressed he had a violent sexual fantasies which involved killing a woman and assaulting her dead body. After his release, Katie unfortunately matched with him on Plenty of Fish. After meeting for drinks, the pair went to a hotel in Chesthunt, Wertfordshire, England. In the morning, the staff found the bedding and towels were missing from the room. They also noticed the window lock was broken. Katie's father raised the alarm when she did not come home. He went to Langdell's mother's house, where she called Langdell, and he admitted to everything. Katie was killed by strangulation, and Carl was arrested hours after his confession to his mother. Langdell was sentenced to 26 years in a mental facility. Number three, an unexpected Ohio killer. Shakira Graham met Mishash Cornwall on a dating app, and they decided to meet in person at Mishak's house on December 15, 2018. Several days later, Police responded to a call from a woman saying she had found her son, Mishak, unresponsive, covered in blood in the basement of his home. Mishak had been shot multiple times. Graham became a person of interest and was arrested soon after Mishak's body was discovered. It turns out that two days after their date, Graham returned to Mishak's home, where she shot and killed him, then stole various items from his home. Graham was found guilty of murder, grand theft, and receiving stolen property. Graham was sentenced to life in prison with a chance of parole after 25 years. Wow. Number two, murder in, double murder in the bayou. In October 2020, Jamal Harris and Jessica Toule matched on a dating app, tagged, and met in person. Jessica expressed her disappointment with Harris's appearance by telling him he did not look like his profile picture, and he looked like a pumpkin head. A few days later, on October 3, 2020, the bodies of Jessica Trule and her father, Robert Templet Jr., were discovered inside of her Black Mercury Mountaineer. Both had been shot in the back of the head. Relatives informed detectives that Jessica had a date with a man prior to her murder, which led the police to Harris, who admitted to seeing Jessica in person a few days before her murder. He told police that the night ended early after a disagreement. Detectives believe that Jessica agreed to drive Harris home, and her father came along for the ride. Harris allegedly murdered them after Jessica stopped the car. Harris was eventually arrested on October 21st, and he currently faces two charges of first-degree murder. Number 1. Cardiff Engagement Gone Wrong Anthony Lowe and Catherine Smith met on Plenty of Fish in 2017. The pair hit it off and were engaged after only one week. All was not well, though, because Lowe had lied about his age, saying that he was 10 years younger than his actual age. He also said that his name was Tony Moore. Lowe immediately showed that he did not trust Catherine and would message her frequently throughout the day. 
Just six weeks after the couple began dating, Catherine's mother sensed something was wrong when she could not get in contact with her daughter. After persistently calling Catherine and contacting her friends to see if they had heard from her, the police were contacted. Police discovered Catherine's body in her home. She had been stabbed 33 times in the neck, chest, and heart. It did not take long for police to gather that she was murdered by Lowe. He was arrested, tried, and sentenced to life with a minimum of 18 years. Alright, so I know some of these stories were not exactly paranormal stories, but they were definitely kind of creepy and spooky. So, while some of them were entertaining, entertaining, some of them were downright scary. From the serial killers and everything, I read several news articles where the Wheeler Weaver guy got like 160 years in prison. But it doesn't really matter if you're using Tinder or if you're using Grindr. I could have done an episode on each one of the apps and still filled about two hours. So with that being said, I wanted to leave you guys with some safety tips before we end tonight's episode. So I found a list that I liked at rainwith2ends.org. Online dating and dating app safety tips. When connecting online, use different photos for your dating profile. It's easy to do a reverse image search with Google. If your dating profile has a photo that shows up on your Instagram or Facebook account, it will be easier for someone to find you on social media. Two, avoid connecting with suspicious profiles. If the person is matched with has no bio, linked social media accounts, and has only post one picture, it may be a fake account. It's important to use caution if you choose to connect with someone you have so little information about. Check out your potential date on social media. If you know your match's name or handles on social media, or better yet, if you have mutual friends online, look them up and make sure they aren't catfishing you by using a fake social media account or creating their dating profile. Block and report suspicious users. You can block and report other user if you feel their profile is suspicious or if they acted inappropriately towards you. This can be done anonymously before or after you've matched. As with any personal interaction, it is always possible to get people to misrepresent themselves. Trust your instincts about whether you feel someone is representing themselves truthfully or not. A list below offers a few examples of some common stories or suspicious behaviors scammers may use to build trust or sympathy so they can manipulate another user in an unhealthy way. Ask for financial assistance in any way, often because of sudden personal crisis. Claims to be from the United States, but is currently living, working, or traveling abroad. Claims to be recently widowed with children. Disappears suddenly from the site, then reappears under a different name. Gives vague answers to specific questions. Overly complimentary and romantic too early in your communication. Pressures you to provide your phone number or talk outside of the dating app or site. Requests your home or work address under the guise of sending flowers or gifts. Tells inconsistent and grandiose stories. Uses disjointed language or grammar, but has high level of education. Examples of user behavior you may want to report include requests financial assistance, 
requests photographs, is a minor, sends harassing or offensive messages, attempts to threaten or intimidate you in any way, seems to have created a fake profile, tries to sell you products or services. This one is very important. Wait to send or share personal information. Never give someone you haven't met with in person your personal information, including, of course, your social security number, credit card details, bank information, or work or home address. Dating apps and websites will never send you an email asking for your username and password information. So if you receive a request for your login information, delete it and consider reporting. And of course, don't respond to requests for financial help. No matter how convincing or compelling someone's reason may seem, never respond to a request to send money, especially overseas or via wire transfer. All right. When meeting in person, video chat before you meet in person. Once you've matched with a potential date and chatted, consider scheduling a video chat with them before meeting up in person for the first time. This can be a good way to ensure your match is who they claim to be in their profile. If they strongly resist a video call, that would be a sign of suspicious activity. Tell a friend or family member where you're going. Take a screenshot of your date's profile and send it to a friend. Let at least one friend know where and when you plan to go on your date. If you continued your date in another place you hadn't planned on, text a friend and let them know your new location. It may also be helpful to arrange to text or call a friend partway through the date or when you get home to check in. Meet in a public place. For your first date, avoid meeting someone you don't know very well in your home, apartment, or workplace. It may take both of you and your date feel comfortable to meet in a coffee shop, a restaurant, or bar with plenty of other people around. Avoid meeting in public parks or other isolated locations for first dates. Oh, this is an important one. Don't rely on your date for transportation. It's important that you are in control of your own transportation to and from the date so that you can leave whenever you want and do not have to rely on your date in case you start feeling uncomfortable. Even if the person you're meeting volunteers to pick you up, avoid getting into a vehicle with someone you don't know and trust, especially if it's the first meeting. Have a few rideshare apps downloaded on your phone, so just in case one is not working when you need it, you'll have a backup. Make sure you have data on your phone and it's fully charged, and consider bringing your charger or portable battery with you. Stick to what you're most comfortable with. There's nothing wrong with having a few drinks on a date. Try to keep your limits in mind and do not feel pressured to drink just because your date is drinking. It can also be a good idea to avoid taking drugs before and during a first date with someone new because drugs could alter your perception of reality and have unexpected interactions with alcohol. Enlist the help of a bartender or waiter. If you feel uncomfortable in a situation, it can help to find an advocate nearby. You can enlist the help of a waiter or bartender to help you create a distraction, call the police, and get a ride home safely. And trust your instincts. If you feel uncomfortable, trust your instincts and feel free to leave a date or cut off communication with whoever is making you feel unsafe. Do not worry about feeling rude. Your safety is most important and your date should understand that. If you felt uncomfortable or unsafe during the date, remember you can always unmatch, block, or report your match after meeting up 
in person, which will keep them from being able to access your profile in the future. All right. So I kind of liked those tips, and I felt like it would be a great way to end this episode. Because, yes, at the beginning, they were kind of like, this is my horror story, but they were really like, my date was horrible. <laughs> they were married. They catfished me. But it's a very real thing that Tinder and Grinder and Bumble and Hinge and Tag and any of the other dating apps that I haven't mentioned, there are real people out there killing people, you know, serial killers and stuff like that off of some of these apps. So it's best to follow the best practices whenever using the online dating apps. And that is what makes this qualify for a <laughs> scary story. <laughs> so thank you for listening today. Um, if you liked our episode, be sure to join us on the Facebook page at Paranormal Stories, Spooky Shizzes in parentheses. It's a group on Facebook where I post spooky memes daily. And a great way to connect with me. All right. And with that being said, and thank you for listening today, stay spooky, my friends.